okay, I tell you what it's like. You get to see, you know, it's not even like the archers is occasionally like getting dressed up to go to work and you get to think, oh, that looks nice. You know, they look nice. It's just like they're just padding around in manky old jogging bottoms with a string vest on. Oh, I feel seen. <laughs> it did feel very sort of regurgitated as if it could have been last week's. There wasn't much new, was there, apart from Rylan, really? There's the start. <laughs> okay, Peter, there you go. What's happening? Arrgh, grog. Hey, everyone. It's a Sideshow podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Uh, well, what a brilliant week. Um, we had Sykesy. We had... Um, what, 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 what? Was that laughter? Kerry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you, do you disagree with me? I would never disagree with you, Peter. It's just slightly different to what you were saying before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's like the Rishi Sunak of the Tory council elections. That's He's painfully accurate. That is painfully oh. accurate. Everything's going absolutely fine. Nothing to worry about here. The Arches is fabulous. Really stimulating. <laughs> New stuff all the time. Never regurgitated. Never going round and round in circles and sounding like last week's. Not that at all. Sykesy, Sykesy, who's he then? He's, uh, I don't know. He's, yeah, he's Jacob Rees-Mogg, kind of like, you know, wildly inappropriately obnoxious. Um, Tom is, I don't know, maybe Tom Tuggenhat suddenly getting a conscience at the last minute. Anyway. Uh -huh. Tom Tugendhat is becoming more suspect by the day, but it's that he's but he's living a very much uh, in the line of the bl uh, blind, the one-eyed man is king. Very unfair on blind people, but anyway, let's get stuck in. I've mentioned Sykesy, so should we chuck an advert in, and then um, we can talk about? Sorry, I'm still going to be staying conservative mode now, and then we can talk about what a fantastic job Jasper Carrot's doing. <laughs> <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, so we obviously we've all been wondering uh, what would it sound like if uh, Leonard got jealous because Sykesy, <laughs> aka Jasper Carrot, started flirting with Jill, and we got to find out. <laughs> that's what it's. That's what it sounded like. It, like the way he called him Lenny and Len, yeah. and Leonard had to step in and correct him. But it, it's not going to help, is it, when Ben brings his new best friend from the laurels back to the farm and he turns around to your girlfriend and said, you've been in my wank bank for 50 years, Jill. Anyway, ta-ra. <laughs> and I liked that she had a lemon dress and a lemon drizzle. So it's like lemon dre dressle. <laughs> uh, while she was shelling peas on the back step, yeah, I bet she was. You can imagine. I thought she'd have uh, 
thought she just served up a carrot cake. Oh, yeah, very good, Matthew. No tumbleweed there. I uh, somehow <laughs> I thought that lemon dressel should get a tumbleweed, but I found myself laughing anyway. But um, <laughs> the, you know, like uh, you know, like old men kind of get a pass for behaviour that would be absolutely oh, sort of, sort of mm. uh, prison worthy in a man mm-hmm. my age. That's sort of that was very much the vibe I was getting from Sykes. He was kind of like, yep. yeah, you don't you don't say like, oh yeah, I was I was filling my wank bank with uh, uh, looking at you when you were young and in your in your lemony dress. For, for, for. It's like it's like it's just horrible, really unpleasant, really awful. Yeah, and she, but Jill was loving it, isn't she? She's like, oh, what are, what do you like? And Leonard's <laughs> growling next to her, whilst mm. Jasper Carrot's got a sort of hard on in front of them all. And Ben's nervously um, pouring tea. It's a very strange setup, isn't it? I find him highly suspicious. Also, you know, they made a little bit of an effort this week with Ben helping him out out of the sofa, helping him up from off the sofa, and like he was going, "Oh, thank you." Because, but half the time I've been thinking, why is he in this care home? He seems fine until this week. I imagine he's like one of those. Um ginormous americans where they actually have to take a wall out of the house to get them to the hospital <laughs> and sykes you had been kind of driven to the farm on a flatbed and they've like missed you know what's it a mr creosote ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why he's in there i see and why he was reluctant to go down the stairs to take part in something or other i can't remember what it was and Ben, oh, it's so bad, isn't it? They've literally known each other a handful of weeks and he's already saying to Ruth, oh, he was trying it on with her as well, wasn't he? Saying, oh, you can't possibly be old enough to be his mother. Uh, yeah, just very strange setup, isn't it, between them all. that ben, he, he said that Ben has really changed his life. Not from what I've heard. He's just sometimes chatted to him and shown him a dog. <laughs> and then brought him up to the farm. <laughs> Leonard remembers him from when his wife was in the laurels. Yeah. As well, doesn't he? Yeah. And the staff complained about him, didn't they? Do, do we think that he is a wrong and You know, your back, spidey sense is going off, Kerry. Do you think that Ben has um, misjudged him and he's actually going to turn out to be a bit of a monster? Like you were saying about how he's being really sort of inappropriate, A, to Jill, B, in front of Jill's fella, You've been invited as a guest here. You're being really brash and awful. I I just don't like that about him. He's rude. Yeah. One key sign that he might not be the full quid is that moment they were discussing modern tractors versus old <laughs> tractors. And Ben said, my Uncle Tony's got a really old rickety tractor that he rides around in. Sykes, he said, I'd like to meet him. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, would this happen? I don't like things where it's like, would this happen? I know it's sort of, you know, as long as it's possible, they allow it in here. But they really stretch that, whether it could be possible thing. Like, you work in a care home, you take one of the residents home with you. Is that normal? Mm. I don't know. I mean, they mentioned it a few weeks ago that he'd gone in on his day off, hadn't he? Mm. Just to hang out with Sykesy. But now he's going to bring truckloads mm of residents from the laurels to mm. brookfield it's going to be a disaster isn't it like david's going to accidentally run over them <laughs> in his tractor or knock them into the silage i don't know if you've ever seen the footage of when the americans went into jonestown after jim jones had convinced them all to drink the kool-aid oh. and there was just bodies everywhere and i kind of feel like brookfield's gonna look like that 
Do you remember that um, comic that um, Gary Larson's Boneless Chicken Ranch? <laughs> yes. Yeah, just <laughs> lots of old sort of um, sort of like sat- blue rinses and cardigans scattered all across the, the yard. I did tweet ages ago. What is the point of Sykesy? And by that, I was deliberately provoking a bit of a debate. Part of it was because I find him intensely irritating. Part of it was because, yeah, people did come back saying, oh, it's to show that how Ben is operating in the care home. I was thinking, yeah, but you could do that with any number of other residents. You don't have to have this particular person who has a link back to Brookfield. There's some point to him having that link, isn't there? Something's gonna got to happen. We are in the presence of somebody who worked and volunteered in a care home in their late teens, which is me. Ah. So I could give you some first-hand experience on this. You can find some really interesting individuals in there, and sometimes you really have to coax that out of them. You know, like for example, I've a woman who was almost monosyllabic over the over a period of months finally ended up getting her photo album she'd been a missionary and worked all over Africa things like that you know so it is Mm. there is depth to it as far as taking them to the farm I think that's just the connection that he worked there isn't it I think if Ben lived in you know he wouldn't take him round to the house to just meet Josh and Lily and Paul I think it's it's that connection that he was a worker on the land yeah because but now Ben's being cornered by all these people at work going like why does he get to go to your farm? I want to go too. So he's opened up Pandora's portal, hasn't he? <laughs> I worked in a care home as well when I was doing my degree as a cleaner and got chatting to lots of people in there about their lives. It was great, but I didn't take any of them home with me. <laughs> that sounds like you confiscate them. <laughs> like suddenly they're like, where's Joyce? Warbis has her in the, in the boot. <laughs> Why doesn't Jill properly remember him and stuff as well? And why does he keep going on about how much he fancies her? What's he going to do? If this, if it gets rid of Jill, I will suddenly be the biggest Sykesy fan there is. So, you know, True, yeah. Pendulum could swing in the other direction. You know how Ben has been this kind of very vulnerable man recently, and obviously mm. there was there was there was a, a kind of a plot about him potentially committing suicide, or that was kind of you know, and he spoke about the fact that he had suicidal thoughts. Did you like me think that about Tom today? Were you a bit kind of worried that Tom was having some kind of um, massive breakdown and then suddenly felt cheated when it was? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being silly. I'm not trying to make light of suicide, but felt cheated when. All of that concern turned out. It turned out he was just a bit worried about the photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. Are, we, are you saying, as um, Pat and Helen said, that Tom hasn't been his usual cheery self? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they said, um, "Oh, t- I'm a bit worried about Tom. He's really monosyllabic." And we're all like looking at the radio, <laughs> like, "What? That's exactly what he's like all the time." But he did. I thought he acted the sort of sounding a bit fed up. He did quite well at that, I thought. But yes, the outcome was disappointing. I thought he'd maybe found some credit card bills of Natasha's. He was having doubts about her. Because if it was about the photos, surely you would say, oh, I just can't get it out of my head that the photos should never have happened. Would you brood about that so much without mentioning it to your missus? It doesn't seem like that big a deal. You know, you, you gave way on making it happen in the first place and you facilitated mm. it obviously you compromised yourself you got you know like he was he went into it voluntarily he wasn't completely powerless mm. and so you just say yeah by the way if it's all right this can be a one-off they're as much my kids as they are yours and i can't stomach it so sorry 
Uh, but you know, you got your way last time. Hope that's enough. Do you think there's like some perpetuity deal that they haven't thought about, which means they can just continue to use the kids' faces over and over again, and they haven't read the small print? Collect them from the farm as many times as they want. Fifteen years old, <laughs> seventeen years old. <laughs> Keep mm. using the the baby images, but you know, the Hitler of... nappies will be sort of knocking about <laughs> in hundred years time. Hitler nappies, brought to you by Schaefer Bass. Swindon. Yeah, that's right. Hitler nappies are made in Swindon. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm always really tediously practical about it, but I think it's just, I think this was a microplot to keep us focused on the fact that this is still out there. Remind us about the photo shoot so that they can bring it back in a couple uh, of weeks' time. Yeah, I think yeah. so, because I was convinced that Pat is going to discover this, as I said about a month ago. She'll be the mm. one to find mm. out. She'll see it on a hoarding or something, and it'll kick Yeah, they have off. to keep it bubbling along in our minds, don't they? Because if, if they didn't mention it at all... When they do discover it, it will be going. Yeah, oh, they've realised they've made the archers so bad of late that they can't they can't take it for granted. People have been listening, which which ironically makes it worse yes. and worse, and it becomes a sort of self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yes, I just felt that maybe Tom is feeling the pressure with all the new stuff that's going on at Bridge Farm because you've got the wetlands, you've got the edible forest, which is now going to be illuminated, which is somehow like the Amazon forest all of a sudden. Yeah. And now they've got chicken wrestling. I thought that's what um, Sykesy was doing to pictures of Jill. <laughs> Did you not hear Natasha say she couldn't stay for roast lamb because she'd left Tom wrestling a chicken? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was too fixated on the roast lamb. I just got this idea of Tom wrestling. being dropped into this like pen in a barn going, come on, you fuckers. I thought it meant that he was wrestling with Lee. Surely chicken wrestling is a euphemism for masturbation. Surely. <laughs> He's wrestling with his chicken. Yeah, well, that's what he was doing. Like Natasha and Helen together, they both felt that their partners were going off them, didn't they? Or would mm. potentially go off them. I did like the bit where the uh, editor got confused and kept on a cross fading to the Welsh edition of the Archers all the way through Natasha's. Um, She's cussing him out, isn't she? Well, do we have any? Well, I know we do have some um, uh, Welsh listeners. I don't know if you know this, Peter, but there was one week you weren't on the show. And it was when she was giving birth to the twins. She had a phone call with her mum, Caitlin, before Caitlin came to stay. And I put it all through Google Translate and played it on the pod. I know, I do remember. Are we led to believe that there was something else going on? Because Natasha switched to Welsh, didn't she? In the hospital when she took the phone call. I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to languages. I did activate the microphone on Google Translate and I know what she said. So... Would you like to hear the translation? I would love to, Matthew. I can't wait. Okay, here we go. Oh, hi, Mum. Yeah, everything's fine. Just one second. I need to get rid of this dopey sausage fucker. I'll send the soppy cunt out to get me a herbal tea, even though I know full well the cafe closed a sodding hour ago. <laughs> no, no. Still no idea who the father is. I know, right? Laugh my fucking ass off. She's a wrong one. But who can blame her? I mean, I quite like it. I mean, I, I love, I love the, I love the Welsh. Love the Welsh language. I think it's great that, that you know that she's dropping some in. But we know Tom doesn't speak Welsh, so it does seem very strange that she would just kind of almost talking out loud, chucking little globules of Welsh here or there. Um, doesn't seem very natural. I don't know. I've never been Welsh, and I've never been married to Tom Archer, so <laughs> you might still hold the crown. But Jolene came close with who has the worst Natasha impression. 
Oh, yes. She did a Justin impression this week, of which your Justin impression is fantastic, Peter. But Thank you. Yeah, but your, you, and your, your Natasha impression kind of went like slightly south of the Bay of Bengal, as I recall. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, yeah, because the, the, it's, yeah, okay. I thought fair you enough. were having a go again then. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> go on, do it. Oh on, God, Kerry. I can't do that. I can't do Welsh. No, you do. You do. You do. You, the ones you do do well, you're absolutely amazing at Kerry. Who was it you did a couple of weeks ago? It was absolutely fabulous. Sometimes my Peggy was all right. You did a good Linda. No, you did a good Kate. I think a couple of weeks ago. I can't do it if someone asks me to. It's like lots of things in life. Yes, I love your Peggy. Give us a Peggy. Do to say something poisonous. I can't, Peter. Have you heard <laughs> what I just said? I can't do it. It has to just come naturally. I can do Carrie's Peggy. Go on then. It's a sort of evil <laughs> witchy creature. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, how I miss her. Talking of evil witches, we can swing back to Jolene. I feel like she got has got short shrift by being the kind of like the massive feverish royalist. It doesn't ring true for me that she would be a massive royalist. I don't know why. Is she not just doing it to get punters in to the pub? You think? I think she's totally the sort. Oh, right, okay. Because Susan, it made complete sense. Like Susan, you know, like I joked a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, the king is the ultimate manager. But uh, mm. for Jolene, I don't know. I sort of, I sort of feel like she would have a kind of a brought up the hard way like grudging annoyance with them but you know when she was shouting at kenton about messing up the illumination thing it was all about god you know we could have been on the map and people would come from far and wide and you know he was going but the electricity bill and she was like yeah but they buy loads of beer so i thought it was more to do with getting the punters in but you could, yeah, could be. And Kenton isn't really putting up much of a an anti-royalist stance, is he, as he puts the bunting up? No, but he's not up for it, is he? I mean, he, he, he doesn't, because he had that conversation with Jim. Yeah. Where Jim said to him, I didn't have you as a down as a royalist. And yeah. He said, I'm not. And he was like, oh, good to hear it. Jim's basically mm-hmm. going to go home, shut his curtains and yeah. listen to classics, isn't he, for yeah. 24 Uplifting hours. Uplifting music and avoid it like the plague, he said. Yeah, Do you think that'll be the first Justice album he's listening to? Are you going to self-tumbleweed? Matthew's editing this week, listeners. Justice. Yeah, they're like that French electronica duo. Oh, I'd what? like to imagine Jim listening to French electronica. Wait, how many times do we have to tell Matthew about the demographic of this podcast? <laughs> I like the look of them. We have some very musical astute listeners. We do. Let's not forget, the late, great Owen Kiffin had encyclopedic knowledge of the Beastie Boys. Kerry, notice how Matthew is very cleverly turning this against me to to basically make out that I'm having a good dig at the the listeners. (laughs) They've got a good look. I like what they look like. I'm looking at them on my phone. I'm, I'm going to listen to them later. Yeah. I'll add them. I'll like them on Spotify so they they uh, they can listen to them. Yeah. Um, I'm completely I'm confused now. So jo- uh, Jolene Justice, <laughs> she's a royalist. Kenton is. It seems like kind of uh, I don't know um, uh, agnostic to the whole thing. Mm, just easy life. Do what he's told. Yeah. Keep, keep the pub ticking over. That's. He's a lazy bastard, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he keeps going upstairs for a sandwich every 
five yeah. minutes, doesn't he? <laughs> Don't blame him. So, um, so Jim is the only out-and-out Republican. Yeah. Kenton is kind of agnostic slash uh, anything for an easy life. Jolene's the royalist. And is that, I mean, is that it? Is that as deep as it goes? And then we got the stupid lights thing. Uh, there were people talking about the picnic again, weren't they? That's happening Saturday afternoon, all excitedly. Mm. I think there wasn't, they didn't go too overboard about the uh, coronation, did they? As in people chatting about it. It's more to do with this stupid illumination thing, isn't it? And they've been balancing it against Eurovision, haven't they? I think they've quite wisely d- done this. But I did see yeah. someone in one of the archers groups on Facebook say that if Eurovision was on ITV, you wouldn't be hearing about it at all in the archers. <laughs> That's true. Mm. But on this illumination thing, okay, so it's going to be at Bridge Farm now, isn't it? It's Well, it came on tonight, didn't it? They tested the lights just as Natasha yeah. and Tom were making up. He got his cock out and the lights came on and everyone went ooh. <laughs> but somehow it's going to be all along the trail what are these lights and a laser display thing as well i think you're massively overthinking it kerry but do you think rob will suddenly be in amongst this darkness and then be illuminated that's how i imagine him yeah. emerging from the shadows neon lighting his face i have a theory that rylan is going to kill rob <laughs> Ryland's got a bit of steel to him. Yes. There was a nice story about Ryland where he was talking about some colleague who was having a go at a runner and he basically took them to task mm. and knocked them down a peg or two because, as he said, like the runner couldn't do it, so he had to. So I like ah. Ryland. No, no, he's yeah. lovely. He's, he's a top mm. bloke. But, you know, is Rob going to appear or will it be this thing where it's just never going to happen and it's just look, Helen being on edge every time a doorbell goes and she's, oh, that doorbell always makes me jump. Who doesn't predate Rob in this village and who would be the the most likely person to get chatting with him? I reckon it's Joy in the shop. And then you're going to hear Rob's voice coming back at her. His name's Finian, you damned woman. <laughs> What's the child called? Tarquil or something. Gideon. Gideon, that's it. <laughs> But don't you think that's really likely? Because she gets chatting away in the shop all the time. Or it'll mm. like this, it'll get to a Friday night and then she'll be like, oh, what can oh, I yeah. get you, you, sir? And he'll just go, packet of digestives, please. <laughs> and a knife. That voice will be heard. Yeah, I mean, we can't do that voice. No. Well, Peter did it quite well then. <laughs> Peter said when he was just, Rob was going to go on a rampage. Didn't you have Susan saying, you'll have to pay for those biscuits, Rob? He's oh, like, yes. no, I won't. <laughs> yeah i i can't wait for him to arrive to be honest i'm sure it's going to be the shop like susan will just clock off jim's not there because lee did say this week when they were on the sofa having a right old snog and sort of went oh you don't worry um let's just have a cuddle you don't need to try so hard yeah well you never get over a bad blowy do you (laughs) His final line was, it'll all be okay, don't worry. Da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, no, it won't. It's a real bonus for Lee that he's now got a cast iron excuse to be able to avoid having sex with Helen. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's worked yeah. out. We, we get don't to have to have sex, love. Let's just have a cuddle and watch Top Gear. No, no, I've, I've been to thor- therapy. I'm over it now. No, no, no. Honestly, I don't want to rush you. It's been 12 years, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I find how they speak to each other still very strange. She does speak to him as if he's a child, definitely. She made a curry, didn't she? And he said it was a five-star meal, weird way of phrasing it. And when she did say she was making a curry, he said, 
I shall look forward to that. <laughs> I thought, does anyone say shall? I know it's technically correct, but would you say I shall look forward to that? You wouldn't, would you? They just speak to each other in a very clunky, unnatural way, which makes it all seem odd. It's not a comment on the actor, because like we said the other week, it takes, you know, it takes a lot of skill to make Helen as unlikely mm. as she is. But, uh, but you know, if I was acting in a scene and then there's just like a Komodo dragon in a dress opposite me, like some, it's just, you know, Helen, it's just, she's not human. Mm. It just makes the whole, it, it's so difficult to describe because I'm, I don't want anything bad to happen to the idea of a woman being treated the way that Helen is mm. is awful. The mm. what the idea that Rob could be out there, although there are Robs in the world out mm. there treating me badly, is awful and horrible. Mm -hmm. But somehow with Helen, I just can't care, and so I can't care when she's when Lee's trying to comfort her, and I can't care when she's talking about cheese, and I can't care when she's being a mother, and I can't care when she's, I don't know, give, being horrible to her brother because he's done a photo shoot, and I can't care when she goes mm. to the shop or when she talks to uh, uh, Kirsty. Is, am I, is there a recurring theme here? I just don't care. I would disagree with you. It's not right. not caring. It's willfully wishing it all to happen and go wrong. I don't want to have to hear her at all. I've got. I'm just so mm. bored of her. I just. It's like you know. Come on. Can't someone else? Because it's a bit like with Kirsty. Mm. It got to the point where it's like. It's just not possible that one person can have this much shite happen to them. Uh, that's why. That's why I celebrated so much when she was. Um, having uh, uh, sex with Julian Reintup. She had sex with Eric, Jakob's brother. Julian Reintup was Trevor Fry, wasn't it? Who was it who played um, Eric then? The guy that does talk sports and other... Yeah, he was he was brilliant. Anyway, I really liked him. I was, anyway, it's just so nice to hear Kirsty have a good time. And yeah. maybe that's what I need for Helen as well. It's just for her just to have a nice, simple plot where she does something like, I don't know takes up windsurfing or something where she sounds like a human it's nothing to do with what happened to her with rob she's always been like this yeah. how she speaks it's very patronizing awful tone really unlikable i can't warm to her because she doesn't sound like an actual she sounds like a komodo dragon in a dress yeah. <laughs> even when even when so i'll give you i'll give you a very precise example like when she was saying exactly the right thing susan said oh well helen you know it's extra responsibilities and she's like yes of course susan we'll have a chat and i'm sure there'll be some extra money for it like when you say it like that, in my vaguely human voice, you're like, oh, that's what a nice thing to do. What a nice person. Helen says it, and you're just like, die, die. <laughs> <laughs> There's only ever one pun that I was able to do on the on the spur of the moment when Peter kept mentioning Komodo dragons. And it was the, <laughs> the week that Caitlin was looking after the twins. And I said, there is a Komodo dragon because Natasha said they had a baby monitor. <laughs> yes, I remember that well. Am I some kind of freak? Am I the, uh, Do I have a recurring Komodo dragon problem? Do I mention them a lot? You did it twice in the last minute. But apart from that, <laughs> I'm sure it's not a problem. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, we all have we all have things we lean on, don't we, in our brain? But I'm like, oh, is this some, is this some verbal tics I wasn't even aware of? In a way, they are the perfect couple, aren't they? She's awful and he's a sap. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You should uh, you should really get your own Jeremy Kyle style show. Oh Kyle. man, I like Kerry would be by the way, any commissioning um, people out there, Kerry would be unbelievable as a um, one of those uh, um, daytime talk shows. Oh great, it's that's like, yeah. horrible. This is Ray from Kidderminster and his girlfriend Tracy. Tracy wants Ray to take a um, um, Ray wants to take a paternity test, and Kerry's just there, delivering <laughs> truth and justice. 
do you know what I li- I was in a pub last night and um, I was listening in eavesdropping to a couple behind me who were having a sort of breakup chat and the guy was saying to the woman that she'd got into his Instagram and deleted it and read all his emails, kept him away from his friends and wouldn't let him sleep one night where she knew he had a driving job the next day. And then he paid for dessert and they went off hand in hand. I was like, I wanted to go over and sort of run, run away from her. Yeah, I had that once with her. With a, with, there was a couple in a restaurant and uh, me and the person I was with, we discussed at length whether it was appropriate or it, whether it was basically what was the moral thing to do, to leave them alone and mind our own business mm. or to let someone walk away in such an awful relationship because mm. this person was being treated so badly by their partner. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was really horrific to listen to. There was that kind of that pity moment, wasn't there, where both Natasha and Helen thought that their their partners weren't interested in them anymore, and they both reassured each other by saying, "No, you're great." And I think the listenership was just there, like going, "Eh, you know." Um, I can imagine spending time with Natasha, I mean, but that sounds that sounds sinister. I can, I can imagine wanting to hang out with Natasha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that when her phone when Kenton's phone rang. And that was when it all got exposed, wasn't it? Mm. And Jolene said to Tracy, here, look what's going on over there. Yeah. And she went, what? No, Ken and Natasha. And she went, no. Oh, yeah, that and, was funny. And, you know, Nothing like that. I mean, Kenton's subterfuge ended up with Bridge Farm getting the illumination, as we know. Was it Jolene said? Like, I, I bet she laid it on with a trowel. I think that was actually <laughs> the, the slogan of Natasha's cosmetics company as well. But um, <laughs> this whole thing about that... Kenton's going to have to go up into the root, into the attic and pull down all these lights mm. and light up the pub himself now. Yeah, I demand our own switch on moment. Mm-hmm. But we also heard there's a dodgy stepladder. Oh, God, now what? I don't know, maybe he's going to garrot himself. <gasps> it's like it. the treacherous steps, isn't it, that never amounted to oh, anything. You two. <laughs> you two started to talk about treacherous steps behind my back for a while because you knew I was so fucking <laughs> sick of it. That's what makes them so treacherous. We did it behind your back for you. What's her face did die in the end, didn't she? Rob's mother. So maybe they didn't mention, but perhaps it was on the treacherous steps. <laughs> Are you saying that these steps kind of move in the night, go down to the south coast, headbutt Rob's mum? It would still be the most plausible plot in the arch. Yeah. <laughs> More months. plausible than Ryland showing up. But the set of yeah. stairs went to the south coast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll buy that. Yeah, um, that's much more likely than Sykesy. Seeing as we're talking about... Jail plausibility um i give you <laughs> jim lloyd suddenly going oh all right then and deciding he does want to be part of the eurovision <laughs> shenanigans yeah. oh i did a right good tweet which was a picture of demis Roussos, and i said it was jim at the eurovision thing oh, i saw that there was a very good reply as well wasn't there jimus Roussos. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i just loved the picture because it was so like you know, it was Demis Roussos with these fucking great sort of green spangly boots on and his beard and that's so unlike Jim, which obviously made it hilarious. But Jimus Roussos is cracking, isn't it? Do we have a name to put next to that? That's a quality. I will find it. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But I mean, Matthew, you are 
arguably Jim's biggest fan in all Archer's fandom. Yeah, love that man. It, 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 there's no, it, there's not even the slightest wobble with this nonsense. Do you, but you don't blame Jim for it, presumably. You feel like this is the scriptwriter's doing, not Jim's fault. Yeah, and he's also been dragged into it reluctantly as well. There was that bit where he he called Harrison first of all because Chelsea said to him, "You know, you've got Greece." He's like, "Well, I never even <laughs> entered the competition." And then later he finds out it's this other guy, Julian Lloyd Jones, oh. who's Joy Joy's neighbour. Yeah. He's quite clearly like. I mean, the scriptwriters have just discovered hip hipsters exist about yeah. seventeen years too late. He's got a beard and a man bun. Jim went round to offer some advice on Greek mythology and history, and basically, it seems Jim Lloyd Jones told him to fuck off and stick his Greek advice up his ass, didn't he? Because Jim yeah. kept hinting that that had been what it said, but he couldn't say it. And bare-chested. He rang Harrison later again. He said, uh, is it urgent? Because I'm at work. And he went, oh, I just thought it was a bank holiday. He went, well, crime doesn't respect bank holidays. And I was like, this is Harrison. You know he's at home in a lordy suit listening to a Eurovision podcast, playing air guitar with a tennis racket in the mirror or something. He's not at work. Yeah, he doesn't do crime when it's core hours, does he? No, even... He's sitting in a hide on the corner of the green, determined to catch the person who sticks the chewing gum on the seat on the the bus stop. Yeah, yes, I'll get him. Even Helen said um, on Wednesday, I was glad it was Harrison and not some random police officer. (laughs) Or like Harrison. But yeah, it is all a bit odd that he's decided to step into the breach, as Harrison put it. But I, I think, do we get to hear most of this, though? He excitedly said he's going to do the Iliad, didn't he? Yes. I mean, one thing that I found out... I hope he does. They gave a shout-out to my favourite ever porn movie in this whole Eurovision thing. The Noxes do Croatia. <laughs> oh, I found who it was who did the um, Jimus Russoff tweet. It was Kerno27, just Ian on the Twitters. Oh, and what about Brookfield are doing The Sound of Music? <laughs> oh, yes. With Lederhosen. They did the parade. What's the, the the lonely goat herd? They were going to do, and then what else were they going to do? Do re me, but Josh doesn't want to wear the lederhosen or something. <laughs> this is all meant to be funny as well, isn't it? But when you hear it on the arches, it's not funny, is it? No. What would make it good is if they did the scene from the Abbey where the sisters hide them, and halfway through the scene, Vince just stands up in the bull and goes, "They're in the crypt." <laughs> when the brown shirts are trying to find the children. <laughs> Uh, by the way, quick, quick. Uh, sorry, you just reminded me. Like you know, things that are supposed to be funny but aren't. What is the least funny thing in the world? There is one correct answer. Wait. <laughs> sorry, I'll try again. What's the second least funny thing in the world? It's a rugby team in drag. Ah. Yeah, and I feel like there's very much a rugby team in drag kind of like vibe to a bunch of adult children and two soon-to-be pensioner parents dressed up the Von Trapp family. I would actually quite like to see that. I'd like to see David in Lederhosen, Ruth with some sort of plaits on, Bren and Josh. So you think I'm being a curmudgeon? Is Pip involved? Only because I don't like them and it's ridiculous and I'd quite like to see them in a ridiculous Mm. situation. Pip's going to be one of the brown shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Pipler. (laughs) Very good, very, very good. good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I never thought I'd feel sorry for the Nazis, but... (laughs) Joy was telling Linda that she met the Reverend Richard Colt. Yeah. 
I was just thinking, like, who on earth is so sad that they dine out forever on the story that they met an ex-member of the Communards? Matthew, that's a dig at me, isn't it? Yes, I have dined out on that far, far, far too long, and I will continue to. I might even do a little recording of myself talking about it for my funeral. Oh, <laughs> Kerry. While everyone thinks about Kerry's funeral, I'm an advert, um, and we can come back and see if there's anything left. I don't think there is, though. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Kerry. Mm. Twitter, how's it been? Great, yes, at the Cider Shed Pod, we're doing super well. And we have got four new reviews. Would you no. believe it? Four, and all of them are five stars. <laughs> it's know. almost like you always ask for five star reviews, Kerry. Well, you know, <laughs> seems silly not to, doesn't it? True. Really? Kerry, do you want to read one out? Yeah, this one is by Artist JP. They have written, I utterly love this. Kerry, Peter and Matthew perfectly expressed the kinds of apoplectic thoughts I have whilst listening to the A word. Hilarious observations and commentary, sparkling wit and wordplay, <laughs> completely irreverent potty mouth exasperation, ruthless dissection, laugh out loud in public moments, as well as utterly stupendous guests because they've been listening to our back catalogue. If you, oh, okay. Yeah. If you want Russ's canyon of Y-Doms, <laughs> David as a Dalek, Ambridgistan, and an exclusively meat-based diet, <laughs> this must-listen pod is for you. A perfect antidote to the everyday story of preposterously ludicrous country folk. That's best in the podcast itself. Do you remember Ambridge, Stan? Yes. <laughs> this is when Peter meant to say Amsterdam Bridge and he said Ambridge. <laughs> uh, the subconscious is a strange thing, isn't it? So we've got we've got many this week, haven't we? So uh, shall I do one? Yeah. This is Becky HC, Making the Archers Great Again, one of the funniest podcasts I've found, makes even the dreariest Ambridge storylines worth listening to, and I can't listen to the Archers now without remembering some of the excellent lines and impressions from the Sideship Pod. Not sure about Kerry's crush on Brian, but each to their own. Oh, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Five-star review, Kerry, just suck up. Come yep, on. Yep, 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 yep. Quite right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know either. This one is from someone who's created one of those accounts it looks like they're a bot but they're not because they've had, they've got quite a specific complaint hidden between the praise 
which I've heard a few times. So it's entitled Pat Chat. The theme tune followed by Ah Grog is very soothing. They keep forgetting the ominous Pat Chat jingle, which is a shame. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. Kerry hates Adam, or the Adam actor maybe, which I can agree with. Kerry? Both. <laughs> Ruthless. Absolutely ruthless. Look, the jokes write themselves sometimes. You know, who knows what I actually mean? They always try to remember a thing about a character, but can't. And you shout at the podcast (laughs) what the answer is and get to feel superior because you you remember more or have listened longer. They mean to Harrison, which is quite unfair. They love Chelsea, the person, not the football team. But they always end up talking about football, so I have to turn it off before the end. If I wanted a football podcast, I'd put one on. Not even an update on the Ambridge cricket results. And some bad jokes from Kerry. Yeah, uh, singling, out, singling out Kerry there. Yeah. All just part of the ramble where three come together to waffle on about how rubbish the Archers is. I never miss it. Um, I'm a little bit suspicious about that bit that they don't listen to the end to hear about the football. Because I've got a feeling that that's quite canon, that complaint. And I think that might be, I think I might know who put that complaint in and about the football content. Mm. And we included their name in the football review once. So they messaged to say, oh, I got a shout out. (laughs) So Ah. I think they do continue to listen. Maybe they don't anymore. Part of the reason why we talk about the football is because loads of our listeners are in the Fantasy Football League. So. Yeah, that is, that is. I think that's the main reason, isn't it? I mean, Kerry, do you want to talk about football this week? Uh, yeah, I do. I don't. Okay, that's that then. Hello from the bad place. This is by If Mouth. I started listening while on my mat leave during lockdown. There wasn't much else to do. So while it was handy to have the madness of the monologues vindicated, I wasn't sure it would be a lasting habit. My daughter is now two and a half (laughs) and I'm still eagerly awaiting the next episode. Maybe I have Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) No, you don't. Maybe it's because it's the oral equivalent aural i mean equivalent of going to the pub with friends and having all the archers chat my actual friends wouldn't countenance (laughs) i like them yeah (laughs) but this bit's good you are my second favorite podcast it might have been my favorite had you not referred to beautiful birmingham as the bad place nowhere you wake up to the smell of melting chocolate can be all bad thank you for many happy dog walks and carry on punning i mean the it was just a joke wasn't it where you said last week oh, yeah. where was that bad place that den was in and i yeah. said birmingham because he's a birmingham yeah. city fan but he could have been in felpshire or borchester uh, yeah. i think uh, they're joking yeah. too we're pra- we're actually their top favorites <laughs> Birmingham's no Birmingham's a cool city cool night out I will reserve a special place in hell for Birmingham New Street it's a bloody absolute maze of nightmares that. I don't think I've ever been to Birmingham no you've seen the Telly Savalas uh, videos though what, what Telly Savalas videos are those oh shut up you know about them don't you no no oh this is a very, another Justice moment um <laughs> Telly Savalas did a series of promotional videos about towns in the Midlands in the 1970s. Stop it. I'm not sure. They're quite famous. And there's one, he's like, the bull ring. Birmingham is my kind of town. Whether you want to get belts from the submarket or this or that, it's unbelievable. I'll I'll send Matthew the link to put in the description. It is absolutely incredible. This is amazing sounding. Does he do Swindon? He does. He does. I've been going round this roundabout for five hours. Oh, he does Portsmouth as well. Why are there only dual carriageways in this city? Just seen a fickling over there. (laughs) 
right. Um, I am not. I've never been. I never will be. From Swindon. All right. Okay. Okay, glad we got that out. You'll never get mentioned again. Thank you. No. It was Kojak who said it anyway. Thanks to all those reviews. The reviews are like massively helpful to us, as is Patreon. We've got a new patron, David Hanna. I want to say a massive thank you to him. Chris Rolfe got in touch last week when we did uh, the last episode came out. And he said, as a royalist Patreon who's not a fan of Charles and Camilla... <sighs> I enjoyed this cast, apart from Matthew's mocking of genealogy storylines. Heresy. However, he redeemed himself by his rubbing one out comments. Well, I have to say, <laughs> it wasn't my comment, actually. I, w- I did desperately want to make a reference to the rubbing one out, but it was actually the, the DM on Instagram from Vincent that I read. Ah, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Other socials, as I just said, we have an Instagram, which is called At The Cider Shed Pod. And we have a Facebook group, which you can find. It's called The Cider Shed Podcast. Come and join us there and tell us what you think about the archers and us. How's that? Yeah, Yeah, great. We've got an email address, but no one ever emails. And I think we should just stop it. Oh, no, I think we could could mention the email. If you do want to uh, uh, give one of us the fright of our lives, (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) hello at the cider shed. Um, at Gmail. Oh, sorry, it's just hello at the sidershed.com. Peter's forgotten what it is. <laughs> it's yeah, been so I'm long. Surprised. It's, it's, it's been a long, long time. It's hello at the sidershed.com, isn't it? Yeah, no. that's right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Hello. hello that doesn't sound like so- an email address. It is, though. It's Maybe that's why people don't send it. They're like, oh, God, I've, got some bloody, <laughs> I've got some weird spam in my inbox. Um, hello at the cidershed.com. There, we've said it so many times, it's ingrained in people's psyche now, though. So there you go. So, what are you two doing over the old current coronavirus shun weekend? I will walk out. If, if anyone talks to me about the coronation or puts it on the television or anything, anything to do with coronation, I will walk out of the room. The only exception being if my son asks me a question about it, I will give him a, a, um, a long Republican polemic. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing to do with it. Now, if there was a coronation street party, I'd go to that if it had sort of dressing up as coronation street people. I think I'd go as Rita Fairclough, I think. What with the red hair and that. So you, uh, you've got none of it over there, I guess. But as I was going to say, is it big in Porto? No. Is there any sort of media coverage of it over there? Well, there will be, because I'd only just arrived here when Harry and Meghan got married. Mm. And that was a big deal on TV here. There is a guy from India whose kid goes to my um, nursery. And I was talking to him earlier on. And he did actually change my mind a little bit. He said he was planning to go into London to watch it. And I was like, oh, OK, why, do you, why are you going to do you know, do that? I said, you know, I told him that I'm not particularly bust by it, but only to give him some context. I wasn't trying to be rude. And he was like, you know, it's an unbelievably rare and interesting event. And I just want to go and see it and kind of like, you know, witness it. So I did think, actually, maybe I should watch it. He changed my mind a little bit. I was like, I should should see what's going on because it it is very strange and it'll be interesting to see it'll actually be quite interesting to see how they they've got to get the balance of pageantry and not taking it too seriously right haven't they so maybe i will i don't think they will they'll just go full-on pageantry i know he's he's supposedly toned it down a bit hasn't he Mm. um but not enough by a stretch i have to say they i don't know who they are are really good at the pageantry but i can't imagine the logistics of organizing i'm more fascinated yeah. by how they make everything happen how it happens i think why they're doing it is awful but it's quite as a spectacle of organization yeah. <laughs> and logistics 
I quite, I thought, how did they make all of this? You know, I can't bloody plan getting four friends to be in a pub at the same time, let alone, you know, marching hundreds of horses around yeah. the place. It's the Duke of Norfolk who li- who owns Arundel Castle. He's the one who's doing it all. Is it? Yeah, which I found fascinating that, you know, that it, they, they, they haven't gone to some specialist events guy. This It's the Duke of Norfolk. He's in charge. Yeah, I'm sure it's often. just him doing it and not like a bunch of people that he's bossing around yeah Yeah, that's closer to the truth isn't it yeah exactly he's He's got one moleskin notepad and a (laughs) walkie-talkie a loud hailer and a sack full of kebabs to throw at them when they get something wrong (laughs) and a big stick to biff them with yeah arundel castle is quite nice this whole thing with these people camping out on the they've been there since last sunday on the mall haven't they waiting yeah and it's like they interviewed a few of that guy you sent the video to me oh yeah post a link to that (laughs) and he said it's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity i was like well his son will be king and have you seen his fingers i don't think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity he's 75 mate Yeah. yeah give it a few years it's funny how all those people who do that sort of camping outside they just look absolutely sort of off their rock they don't look better they don't look built for it there there mm. is if you've looked at the venn diagram of the people who camp out on the mall and the people that get eliminated eliminated in the second round of britain's got talent it would just be a circle oh yeah because sad, they have these it? people on for the, they let them go to the second round of Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, that's that's bad. I can't bear that on Britain's Got Talent. But it, yeah, I don't know. It's all so weird. God save our gracious King. God save our King. Ba 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 ba. Send her victorious. Oh, it's send him victorious now, isn't it? Haven't they changed one of those lines? Send him victorious hands, just like sausages. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next week. See ya. I've completely forgot a gag that I wrote, which that was Kirsty was going to say to Helen. I found a man to help me with Spanish dance choreography online. His name's Huberto Techiner. I'm glad I didn't make that joke. <laughs>